Episode 66 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, over Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Coming to you live on a Friday, Friday afternoon. Snow is on the ground. I have not been able to see my lawn in close to a week. It seems like it's been snowing every day uh, for the past week. Um, But it's the winter, so what are you going to do? It's also uh, New York, so again, what are you going to do? You know, that's just how the weather is in February. What do we have to talk about? A lot to say the least. Super Bowl stuff, uh, some Deshaun Watson talk, uh, a little draft, a little free agency, and I will be talking about that with none other than Danny Small. Danny is a writer and an editor for Elite Sports New York, credentialed Knicks writer, does some Jet stuff as well. Uh, he'll be joining me for episode 66. We'll talk about you know everything I just said. Super Bowl between the Bucks and the Chiefs coming up in a couple days. Uh, some Watson talk and draft and free agency. So the uh, the conversation with Danny will take place throughout the duration of this podcast. And uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll get that we'll get to that discussion right now. So hope you enjoy. All right. So now we're on with Danny Small. Danny obviously has been on my podcast before. Uh, he's a writer, editor, uh, covers the Knicks, covers some Jets stuff as well for Elite Sports New York. Um, Danny, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. You know, always, uh, always glad to jump on, uh, provide a little, uh, little different perspective since I'm a Jets, uh, Jets guy, and yeah. I guess, you know, we're talking Super Bowl today, so mm. won't get too deep into Jets Giants stuff. But uh, yeah, no, always, always glad to, to jump on. Thanks. We'll get into a little Jets stuff, maybe. Yeah, well, little the bit, Jets stuff. Bit. We'll get it. The, the big name in New York is not even a player in New York right now, and that's Watson. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, always a pleasure to have you on. I guess to start, who – so Kansas City's minus three mm-hmm. on DraftKings. Who do you got winning the game, and who do you have uh, covering? So I'm, 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 I'm having a hard time on this because I think Kansas City's going to win. Like, I, I just I, – I have belief in Mahomes, um, you know, kind of the pieces around him. I think that defense looked really good against Buffalo uh, a couple weeks ago. So I think Kansas City's going to win, and I would like to take them – with this, with laying the points, I'd like to take that minus three, but I'm not so sure about that. Um, I definitely would not take minus three and a half, which it's kind of like fluctuated from three to minus three and a half. Yeah. You've seen that a couple times mm-hmm. throughout the last couple weeks. Um, so I definitely would not take the minus three and a half, but I'm I'm hesitant to take them with that minus three. So I think, and I haven't put any bets in yet or anything like that, but I think I'm gonna go with Chiefs money line. But if I do bet the spread, I might try and find Bucks plus three and a half because I just think that I think it's going to be a close game. I, I have the I have the Chiefs winning. I think it's going to be close, um, and I think that plus three and a half. I would I wouldn't mind seeing that um, if I grab the Bucks there because I think they'll they'll be in it to the end and it'll be like kind of a last last possession type of game is what I see. Uh, but again, who knows? And it's two great quarterbacks. Anything can really happen. What's Kansas City's money line? Like minus one seventy, uh, around there. On. I was just looking at it, but I'm, I have it's so many. Close. 
Yeah, like, it's I, not that I have big so of many a, numbers numbers going yeah. in my brain from You're right though. It has gone from like three to three and a half. I mm-hmm. feel like every single like hour it changes. Yeah. Yeah. Something, it, whether it's like, you know, it, it was three and a half, then you know, you had this whole thing with the Chiefs Barber, which yeah. I think it's absurd that they let him in the building without getting the results of the test. Without knowing, yeah. It just it, it makes no sense, but you you'd have Patrick Mahomes test positive or anybody on that team test positive. Like and, that's absurd. They, they, they let them, they, I can't believe there wasn't a more strict protocol, especially since they've been, it's not like it's new to them either. It's like it, we've been doing, they, you know, all the teams have been doing these protocols for five months already. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I can't, in the biggest game of the year, I can't believe they didn't have everybody sort of quarantined for a week straight. Mm-hmm. No contact with anybody. And the funny thing is, like, I, I didn't even realize it, but I was watching, you know, I was watching ESPN or something last night, and there's that State Farm commercial with Mahomes and, like, his, you know, his brother, and they're getting the, the haircuts and the oh, barber. God, yeah. And I'm oh, just like, God. oh, I didn't even think about that. that yeah, they, they would have, they, they wouldn't be able to re-air that. Yeah, they got this, again, stupid, yeah. this stupid haircut commercial, yeah. and the haircut almost, almost ruined the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, it's well, obviously we don't have to go too deep into it because it's not happening. But imagine if Mahomes or Brady did, you know, test positive and they couldn't play. What like they're just gonna have one of the best, uh, mm-hmm. one of the best, you know, two the two big name guys. Like just mm-hmm. one of them's not gonna play. Bizarre. Last week, my my dad asked me. He goes like, "What uh, what do they do if like Mahomes or Brady test positive?" I'm like, Goodell goes into like a deep dark depression. Like that's yeah. what happens. Like he the Goodell starts freaking out because yeah. like it's it's crazy that they even let him in. But as far as like that spread, I'm actually kind of the I think I'm the opposite. I think I think I think Tampa Bay will actually win. I'm not like to, I, I understand. I want Kansas city to win. I'll put down the record. I definitely want to see Mahomes go two for, or, you know, second year in a row and that whole team. Um, but there's something about like, no matter how good or bad he plays, Brady always, he gets it. Like, that's, just, that's just, it's just, it, that's what happens. You know, whether it's, you saw it in the NFC championship game, he throws three picks. But his defense mm-hmm. bails him out. You know, he gets the, – the average starting field position this guy got was crazy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I just can't – it's tough to see Brady losing a game like this. And it's, so if I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win, I'll obviously take them with the points as well. But if the, it's tough to see Tampa Bay uh, losing a game like this. But it, the same goes for, the can, for Kansas City. I think, you know, the NFL really looked at – when you talk about a rating standpoint – Mm-hmm. I think the the NFL really lucked out with who they got in this game. Yeah. I think it wouldn't have been as, I guess, attractive of a matchup if it's like Buffalo versus Tampa Bay. And I like Buffalo a lot. Mm-hmm. I love Josh Allen. I thought when you look at like his improvement from year two to three, it's absurd. Um, but I think I, I, it's just such an evenly matched game. I mean, it's, you know, two of the, you know, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, yeah, depending the, on who you talk to. The, the goat against the you know the heir apparent. The guy know, who will be the, the goat if all goes well. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um. And yeah. Uh, you know, of course, we're getting all these Brady Mahomes storylines shoved down our our throats. You know, the last two weeks. So I, I get why some people might be kind of over it at this point. But it really is. I mean, this game could have historical like implications where you know Brady wins. That's seven. Now Mahomes has six, you know, if he wants to catch Brady, which is something that I think a lot of people think he can do, he has to go, you know, six. 
But if he wins, then it's like he's already four, he's four away. So it really is an interesting matchup. And I do – I mean, I'm a, I'm a Rodgers guy. I like Aaron Rodgers. I'm a big fan of his. I think that would have been a good matchup too because it would have been, you know, MVP Rodgers against, you know, Mahomes. It would have been good too. But I think you're, you're spot on there. As fun as Buffalo was to watch this year and as good of a year they had – it wouldn't have had the same juice if it was Josh Allen going against Brady or Josh Allen going against Rodgers. I think NFL really lucked out getting the Chiefs. Yeah. Because um, obviously Kansas City, not like a major market like New York or, you know, or Chicago or anything like that. But they have the biggest star in, you know, I think arguably you could say either Brady or Mahomes, either one of them is the biggest yeah. star in football. And you got both of them going head to head. I don't think the NFL could have asked for a better matchup. Kansas got the biggest star in the game at like multiple spots. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the amount, I don't know how they're able to get that talent. I mean, what, you know, I don't question anything Andy Reid does, but it's just the talent in this game is absurd. I think when it comes, but I think the one thing that's going to come down, what the, what it's going to come down to is the, um, this Chiefs offensive line is they don't have uh, what's his name? Fisher, right? Mm-hmm. Left tackle. So I think, and I wrote, actually, I said in one of the prop bets, I think the first quarterback, if any listeners want a good prop bet to take, I think Mahomes is going to be the first quarterback sacked. That's on FanDuel. I forget the line. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. that's going to happen. This, this Chiefs offensive line is banged up. This uh, Bucks front seven is playing better than ever. JPP, I wish he was still in New York, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played great uh, this entire season. You know, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think the game plan is for Tampa Bay is they're going to come in and they're going to bring the pressure from the get-go. And, uh, you know, they cannot, they cannot enter this game emphasizing the secondary more than their pass rush, because you can't give Mahomes that much time at all. Mm-hmm. You can't give him even four seconds. He'll find somebody quickly. You know, they're going to have to take advantage of this beat up offensive line with no start. They're starting left tackle out with the torn Achilles and I think they're just going to have to pressure him from the get-go. And if they don't, I think Kansas City could, you know, maybe if they don't, maybe it won't be a close game. You know, if, if Mahomes has time, Tyreek Hill is going to find himself open at some point. You know, he can run forever and the, whoever is covering him can't. So I think that's going to be the main thing is to focus on is how successful this Bucks uh, pass rush can be. Because if they aren't, I think they're screwed. Because, um, mm-hmm. again – not to cut you off, but oh, I, think, yeah, I think you make I think you make a good point about the um you know the offensive line and and uh, basically who who pressures the quarterback who gets more pressure on the quarterback that could decide the game because like you said you give Mahomes time he's gonna he's gonna pick you apart yeah um and you know same can be said for Brady but I think the advantage and part of the reason why I kind of am leaning towards the Chiefs in this game is just because I think Mahomes is better fit where if there is pressure, he can kind of make, make some plays on the run. He can make some things happen like that. Brady, we know, Brady, if you pressure him, he's going he's gonna to struggle. I mean, you look back, obviously, you, you remember very well the Giants, two Super Bowls they had against him. Oh, yeah. That's what they did. You know, they, yeah. you have Strahan, Uminor, you know, you got Tuck, you got all these guys who are putting pressure on Brady. Makes yeah. it very, very difficult for him to survive. But then you look at it um, on the flip side, Bucks probably had the best offensive line in football, um, and at least in terms of pass protection, I think that's a pretty safe bet because Brady was barely on his ass all year. Uh, so that you know that's part of the reason why the Bucks were so yeah. successful offensively this year is because they knew keep Brady up and you're good to go. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough um, 
tough back and forth. And I think kind of, you know, watching, obviously all eyes on Mahomes and Brady, and this affects the two of them. But I think maybe the, the best matchup or most important matchup maybe is the offensive lines versus defensive yeah. lines. I think the trenches, yeah. in the trenches is kind of where this game is going to be won. Because we've seen that happen to Brady in the past, you know, where that's kind of the key to, to knocking them off um, in the Super Bowl is just pressure, pressure the shit out of them and, and you'll be okay. Yeah, I the Bucks offensive line makes the Giants front office look bad because it shows that they passed on Werfs mm-hmm. to get. <laughs> I know they play different positions though. Like you can't like you know Thomas yeah, is a left right tackle. tackles a bit. A, yeah, I was thinking about that too with with Becton as well. Yeah, um, you know Werfs probably the best tackle to come out of those four. I think probably yeah. You know mm-hmm. if you're if you're just judging based on rookie year, he had the best rookie year. But again, like you said, you know. Thomas at left tackle, Beckton at left tackle. It's a tougher position. Yeah. Um, and then Wirfs, you know, it, it helps that he's joining like a legit offensive line where he doesn't have to come in and kind of like completely be the star. He can kind of mm-hmm. just come in, go on the right side there and kind of just like seamlessly become just a, a cog in the machine. Yeah. Um, where Thomas and Beckton, I think, had a little bit more responsibility. Oh, yeah. Big. Well, the thing about Thomas was not to get off topic, but like the thing about Thomas was like, you know, he wasn't even supposed to play left tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it Solder opted it's out. Solder. So, and that, and who knows what's going to happen this, you know, this upcoming season with, uh, or, you know, the 2021 campaign with Solder. You know, we don't know if he's coming back. You know, this, it's, we didn't think COVID would last this long. So it's, we don't know, but yeah, I, th- I think that's such a big part of like, you know, what the Patriots system was and now Tampa Bay system is like Brady needs a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's how it's, it's weird now because that's not Brady's style. Isn't exactly what the style of many quarterbacks are now. It's, you know, obviously it's more mobile, um, not too mobile where it's, it could hurt you, but like, you know, Russell Wilson type, yeah, rollouts, bootlegs, you know, stuff like that. And that's a perfect yeah. name. Every time we see – every time a quarterback comes out of the draft, I think there's always a Russell Wilson comparison. Yes. Anytime you oh, see a quarterback oh. out of the draft, he's a Russell Wilson type. Like, it, he's his own – Especially, yeah, if they're, like, six foot two or shorter. Like, it's always – yeah. yeah like <laughs> any quarterback, it. yeah, maybe six one or shorter. Like, then it's like, oh, Russell Wilson, you know. Yeah. How many times do we hear that about Kyler Murray coming out and, you know. Baker, too, I feel like, like oh, a little bit. Russell Wilson, yeah. Yeah, Baker a little bit as well. Yep, Baker, um, that's a good, yeah, that's a good one but, too. Yeah, I think that the, tre- the trenches are where it's going to happen because, you know, I think that that system, whether it was in New England or Tampa Bay, is so keen on an offensive line, uh, a good offensive line. That's how Eli was with the Giants for years. Mm-hmm. They need a perfect offensive line for him to operate, and I think they really looked out on the guy who they got in the first round, Werfs. And, um, you know, it's really come together. And I think that's a big reason as to why they've gotten this far when I don't know if a lot of people really expected them to. I know a lot of people, I know some people were saying Bucks could, you know, could be a dark horse Super Bowl team. I, I, and I know a lot of people weren't picking them to win that division because New Orleans was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, I, I didn't expect them to get this far. I thought maybe, you know, first round loss, that's before I learned that they were playing Washington and Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think Tampa Bay – I knew Kansas City was going to, like, win out and make it. I didn't think Tampa Bay was going to get this far. So I'm, I'm very, you know, surprised and impressed they were able to, despite the fact that it's Brady and he always seems to, mm-hmm. you know, get what he's working, and, for, working for. But go ahead. I mean, no, I was just going to kind of piggyback off your point, too. I mean, they had to go on the road three times in a row. So yeah. it's not – you know, they did not have an easy road um, – 
you know, kind of like what you said, you know, the Chiefs, I think most people probably expected the Chiefs. I mean, they were the favorite to win the Super Bowl all year long. Most people, even though the Bills kind of got a late push there where people were saying, they're all oh, the Bills are going to beat them. You know, Bills, they're, they're, they're the contender. I think a lot of people were kind of just expecting the Chiefs to be here. Um, and then at NFC, there, I think there were a lot of good teams. Like the Packers were a solid team. Saints, like you, you said, there were some good teams out there. Um, and I, I, I agree with you. I did not see the Patriots. I thought they were on the same level as those teams. But I think just going on the road three times in a row and winning those three games, I mean, that's not something that we've seen Tom Brady ever do. Uh, you know, because all those years in he's never had to. <laughs> yeah, they're always they're always at least at the very least they were winning the division and getting a home game. Right. You know, in the wild card weekend, that was like the bare minimum for them in in New England. So this was this was definitely interesting to uh, to see their run. And I guess you know you don't you don't think you know oh well they're going to be really beaten down because three road games in a row because you get that week off in between. So I think they'll, I think be, they'll be they'll be fine there. I don't yeah. think that's an issue. Um, but I think, you know, this is about as close of a Super Bowl as, as you can get uh, yeah. with these two teams. Yeah, and that's, why, that's one of the reasons why I think they can win because, you know, they have, they have two whole weeks to prepare for Patrick Mahomes, two whole weeks to prepare for Tyreek Hill, um, and they have two whole weeks to prepare for Spagnola's defense that's, mm-hmm. you know, given Brady issues, obviously, in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's anybody that knows who to game plan against, you know, how to game plan against Brady in the biggest stage at Spagnola. So yeah. it's, which I find it's so ironic that it's, you know, it's them two again mm-hmm. going up against each other. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a good game. You know, I, I, I'm, I think it's, impre- I, as I said, you know, before, I think it's impressive, or as you said, I think it's impressive that it's, they've won three straight road games. And I thought, you know, I totally thought they'd beat New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But it just – New Orleans is weird, man. I mean, there's one – they've won – the playoffs. It's weird. It's, it's a Packers, too. You know, they mm-hmm. – New Orleans has won, I think, 49 games over the last four years total. Does that sound right? And I, I – I, 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 can, I can check right now, but – Yeah, I think that, they've won sounds, 40, right. 49 total games. Like, I'm talking um, regular season and playoffs. They've won 49 games total, and they have not made it to a Super Bowl any of those years mm-hmm. 40, it, 49 in the last four years is just regular season. So, oh. uh, yeah. You so, wanna, I think, so over 50. Yeah. I think, hold on. I'm just, yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta yeah. be 53. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. The, yeah. The cause they, they, head, but it, yeah. Oh, because they, they, I feel bad though. Kind of like they, they, I feel like they have a heartbreaker every time. With the yeah. um, the Vikings game, the Minnesota Miracle, yeah, uh, or Minneapolis Miracle, whatever they the call Rams, it. Like the, the, the Rams, the pass interference. Oh my yep. god, dude! That uh, one, and I I had some sympathy for Saints fans after that one because obviously it was a horrendous call. Yeah, but the way they just whined and complained for like oh, dude, for a six year months and a half straight. Yeah, oh yeah, more like than forever. that. Yeah. They just never stopped complaining. And then yeah. I was like, all right, now I'm like, I I went from being like, oh, I like the Saints because I like Breeze, I like you know, Peyton, blah, blah, blah. Now yeah. I'm like, all right, get him out of here. Like, I, I was happy to see him lose this year, actually. I felt bad for them until we really started to see the detriment that, like, the pa- the pass interference challenge brought yeah, to the game. Once that true. started happening, I was like, this is your fault. Yeah. Like, you true. did this. <laughs> they just complained. <laughs> like, they just never yeah. shut up. You know? Yeah, it was. The wheel gets the grease. Yeah, I was with them from the beginning because I was like, that is the most obvious pass yeah. interference call. How could you not? 
you know, call that. And then all of a sudden it was like, as you said, like a year later and it's like, all right, shut up. (laughs) They're still still holding like protests and like what championship parades and all this BS. They had somebody, I think a new Orleans resident had like filed a lawsuit to the NFL and right after and said like, before the Super Bowl happens, we have to go back and replay the last two minutes of the game. And I'm like, yeah, if you think, I'm sure the NFL is just loving that. idea. If you think Goodell is going to do that and not have, like you know and not go through with Sean McVay young guy versus Belichick in the Super Bowl that year like you're out of your mind but yeah that was and then um I I thought Washington played them tough though I mean this kid uh this kid Heineke looks good yeah Um, they they were okay I mean I think it's one game though I don't want everyone yeah yeah. it's I don't want people to go off about like we've seen like quarterbacks go off one game like that guy from um who was Rogers back Matt Flynn uh, Rogers yeah, back up in Green Bay. He threw like five touchdowns in the Week 17 game when they sat everybody. And then he got and a nice deal. Like he signed the deal with Seattle, and then Russell Wilson came through, and that was it. Like I, you know, you need to. And I think if I can remember, I think Drew Locke looked pretty good mm-hmm. for his first couple games last year, and then obviously that's not the case. I know you watched and um, yeah, you know, watched yeah, a lot of Broncos this year. Doing doing a lot of Broncos writings for yeah uh, for one yeah. of our agency sites, and yeah. I was like, and the the thing that actually, not to go off too much of a tangent, the thing that pissed me off about that is like, I would pick against the Broncos like a decent amount. And every time I picked against them, Locke would have a great game. Then the next week I'd be like, all right, like Locke looks much better, you know, take take the Broncos laying the points and then they get smacked. So it's like, I I lost, I mean, not a ton of money because I wasn't betting a lot on the Broncos, but yeah, um, I hope you I just, I had a very bad record in those Broncos games. Yeah. But no, like, yeah, like the thing about like a quarterback like that, whether it's Locke or Heineke, whether it's, you know, just if it's a young quarterback, whether it's a big name coming out, Locke wasn't the biggest name, but he was up there or, Mm. you know, a a guy like Heineke, you need film on them. So the first game will tell you a lot. The first game they play will tell you a lot different story than like the fifth or sixth game because like once teams get film on this guy mm-hmm. I get like what film the Tampa Bay have of Heineke going into that mm-hmm. game like you know it's yeah there's that I think, I, I think, go ahead I was just gonna say I think we're gonna see a big change in quarterbacks around the league this year I think you could see like double digit you know to even as many as like half the league switching up their quarterback this year so I think the the Washington football team I almost said the R words but Washington, I think they're gonna they're gonna be on the lookout for for somebody trying get somebody to come in. So who knows yeah. where Heineke's future is? But uh, hey, coming out you know and playing well against the Bucks, who are now possible Super Bowl winners, mm-hmm. do, having a good game in that you know on that stage can't hurt him. You know, I mean, yeah. we could we could see him turn into you know the next uh, what's it, Chase Daniel where he, people just love him as a backup and he just gets all these, these big He's a Heisman candidate. Like yeah. coming out of, there was, I saw something about Heineke that I could be wrong on the specifics of this, but I'm pretty sure Heineke set in his high school's conference, his high school's football conference. He set the record for most completions in a game. The guy who previously held the record in that conference was Quavo from Migos. <laughs> swear to god like it, good, something they one. played in the same conference and apparently Quavo was like this crazy high school athlete but they they were like up there I've like seen, i think i've seen him shoot some hoops in the like on yeah you know, 
non like quick Twitter videos and stuff. Looks yeah. like he's got he's got some uh, athleticism. Apparently, he was a good high school quarterback. I don't know, but that's I I, I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, that's absurd. That's very <laughs> like, funny. What yeah. a, what a fact. But uh, speaking of like um you know Washington's quarterback situation, I guess we can use that to segue into um this whole Watson situation. I I was definitely one of those guys, and I think. You know, you, you said this to me that it would pro- it would take three first rounders, and I f- no matter what player it is, when you say three first rounders in a trade, <clears throat> your mind immediately goes to like that is so much because mm-hmm. like it, it's it's a you know, I think two first rounders is a lot for somebody, yeah. and it is, um, and I you know, and I was definitely one of those guys that definitely saw you know saw what you know, when the Watson trade talk started to I guess come up you know whether it was the last month or so. I was one of those guys that thought, yeah, three first rounders and Darnold would do it. Now you see this Stafford trade, and I get, I, I get Detroit got one of those first round picks because Jared. For those who, for those listening, if you don't know, Jared Goff is absurdly expensive, and if you've seen him play, you can't believe that he's absurdly expensive because he's not that great of a quarterback, at least right now. But yeah. you could say that Detroit got one of those first round picks in the trade because Goff's contract is has. $25 million cap hits each of the next four years, at least. Um, but to be honest, I think regardless of that, I think Houston is still going, going to go into, you know, trade talks and use that as leverage. They're going to say, Hey, we don't want to trade Watson anyway. So up your offer even more plus 32 year old Matt Stafford went for two first round picks, a third round pick and a 26 year old quarterback who's been to two pro bowls and was in a super bowl two years or a couple years ago. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think the Stafford trade changes Watson's value? Do you think now it sort of resets the market? I, I agree with you with, I think the, the Texans are going to look at that and they're going to try and use that as leverage because obviously, I mean, I'm like the biggest Matt Stafford fan ever, but obviously Watson is a better quarterback. You know, Watson is, is elite. You know, he, he is not quite Patrick Mahomes in that, you know, that conversation, but he's, he's up there. So he doesn't think, need to be. He's yeah, just good. He is, you know. Yeah, he, he's just he's a stud. So yeah. I think kind of I'm I'm still probably right where we were a few weeks ago. I don't think the Stafford trade has changed me too much because, um, like you said, that golf contract that I think that played a, a, a decent factor in in some of the return that that uh, that Detroit got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think I think three first round picks. I think that's um, like that's the the base that right there. And I forget, I'm, I don't remember which Houston Texans writer wrote this, but there was a, a, a report out there that, you know, three first-round picks plus two defensive starters is going to be kind of the – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he writes for – I forget his name. He writes for the Houston Chronicle. That's right. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I think he said – he was saying two firsts, two seconds, and two defensive starters. That's right. That's right. And I don't even know if the Jets – do the Jets have two defensive starters? They could – like two – like uh, Quinnen would be one. Yeah, Quinnen would obviously be one, but I think the Jets would probably try and keep keep him just because of his, like, incredible upside. I mean, he really had a fantastic year. I think he's cheap he, right now. He, he should, yeah, cheap. He's on a cheap contract. Mm-hmm. I think Quinnen had a close to an all-pro type season. Um, just there are so many good guys at that position right now. Is he didn't crack right. the, uh, the list. But I think – you could at least say he's in the conversation. So I think if the Jets are going to try and keep him, I think Salah would do everything he can. Uh, but then they had John Franklin Myers is a guy who I think if that was, if they're looking for defensive starters, I think he's a lock to be involved. 
Um, and then you, you look at somebody like Ashton Davis, but Ashton Davis was up and down. He, you know, he had some really right. good moments, but then he had some games where he didn't really play well at all. So um, I think that's an interesting, an interesting conversation, but on the flip side, if they're doing, you know, two firsts, two seconds, and then two defensive players, the Jets could also counter with one defensive player and a first-round pick because mm. they have two picks from the Seahawks. They have their own two picks. So they have four first-rounders in the next two years right now. Plus, Schefter, and I know I'm pretty sure you, you wrote about this the other day, but Schefter oh, yeah. said Darnold probably going to get a late first-rounder. So if you look at that, that's five potential first-rounders that the Jets mm. have in the next two years they could part with three of those and still have two, you know, two first round picks still, which, you know, it's almost like you, you, you traded Adams and Darnold for Watson, you know, obviously I know there's more parts to it than that, but Adams and Darnold for Watson, I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. The, you, the thing about like, if they trade, if they were to trade Darnold before, you know, before getting Watson potentially. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they trade him for a late first round this year. And there's ironically, I said, ironically, there's like a bunch of playoff teams this year that need quarterbacks. It's mm-hmm. weird. Like Chicago yeah. needs one, Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Washington, you know, who, how, who knows how long Brady is going to be doing his thing. You know, I, I never, I, it's never impossible for a quarterback to hit a wall. I mean, we saw what Peyton Manning was mm-hmm. on fire for, 15 years and then all of a sudden it was Brock Eisweiler. Yeah. Like, you know, there's so many different teams that need, you know, may need a new quarterback going, you know, New Orleans as well, possibly if, if Jameis isn't the guy. So if you were to trade Darnold to one of those teams for a late first rounder, use the three first rounders, um, you know, to get Watson. I mean, that's still a pretty good situation because now you're, you're still, as you said, it's two first rounders next year. So, I mean, I, w- I would give up – yeah, I think I would give up the three first-rounders in that sense. If you were to trade Donald before – but the problem is, you know, it's tough to see if – the it's tough to know now if the Texans are going to want a quarterback in return in the trade. You know, like it, it's – I think they would – they would. I my guess gut, not because they'd have the number two pick. So, I guess – Yeah, my gut tells me if they're trading with the Jets that they're trading for that number two pick so they can – they can draft yeah. the QB and basically just start with a fresh slate. Because I think if they're going, if the Jets were going to give up three first rounders, my guess is it would be. Um, then let's just say, for the sake of argument, they trade Donald to say the Saints. Just right. they have the twenty eighth pick from the Saints. Just mm. a hypothetical here. My guess is what the Jets would do is they would trade the number two this year plus that Saints pick, or even the Seahawks pick. They trade one of those, so they. They'd still have a late first rounder this year, and then they would trade one of the ones from next year, either their own or the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, my guess is the Jets would want to hold on to the Seahawks just because if you're trading for Watson, you're going for it. You're going to think, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be good. Uh, but my guess is that they, the Jets would try and keep it so that they have one this year and one next year. Yeah. You know, whether that's their own or somebody else's, you know, who knows. But um, that would be at least my, my guess for it. And then you look at it, if the Jets, if they do trade away first rounders this year and they can keep their second round pick, you know, you're picking, you know, at 33 or 34, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but you're picking, you know, you essentially have, I mean, I don't want to call it a first round pick because it is in the second round, but you're, you're going to get somebody right who you can plug and play right off the bat. 
if, yeah. you know, with that, that second rounder. The only thing I would be skeptical about is like, I feel if I were the Texans, am I, if I'm going to, you know, trade Watson and get all this in return, I feel like I would be more comfortable having someone start like Darnold than taking a chance on someone like, you know, Wilson or Fields, because it's tough, you know, putting the and use Patrick Mahomes as an example. He sat for an entire year. It's tough to have these young, you know, rookies come in and start right away. Um, so Especially I, a tough situation like that. Like, yeah, you know, I, Kansas City, actually, they sat Mahomes, but that was actually a really good team who, you know, that was a good situation for a rookie to come in and play yeah. right off the bat. But Alex Smith made the Pro Bowl that year. Yeah, they obviously <laughs> decided to go go with the, you know, to sit it out and, you know. Yeah. Kansas yeah. City model, as it's called now. You know? I don't know. I like. I just. I feel like that's why I said like you add a quarter if they would want a quarterback in the deal to come to Houston because I don't know. I just feel like it would be they would be much more comfortable with a guy like Darnold because I'm not out on Darnold. Like it, Darnold was in a bad situation with the Jets. You know they don't have. They have guys who can be, but they're weapons. But like I don't feel like they don't have. They don't have like a true number one wideout. Mm-hmm. Like I. I Jamison Crowder has been one of my favorite fantasy pickups the last couple of years. He's not like, you know, an every he's a down. Good slot. He's a good yeah, slot guy. I he's think good. Mims, Mims right now, I see him as like a nice number two. Yeah. Can he become a number one in the future? I, I hope so. Maybe. Like, I love that. But I think you're right. I think picking, you know, and a lot of people are now are saying, you know, the Jets should take Devontae Smith at number two. They should – you know, Jamar no. Chase, whatever it is, I think probably the better route for them is to go and try and get an Allen Robinson or, you know, Kenny Galladay, right. somebody like that in free agency. Because I think you're right. They do need, like, kind of, like, a number one, you know, a number one guy to have um, for whoever. I mean, whether they keep Darnold, which I don't think they're going to, but, like, mm-hmm. Watson, Darnold, you know, Wilson, Fields, yeah. whoever it is, I think they need to add at least one more wide receiver. But then if, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument, they get – Robinson then you have Robinson Mims and Crowder that's a good that's a really good wide receiving core right there yeah. I, I, I'd be happy to to roll with that going no doubt that. and that's a new that's a true number one too and Robinson mm-hmm. like that's you know that's what the problem with the Giants is right now they do not have a true number one wide receiver you know Tate's not going to be there in 2021 most likely mm-hmm. I think there's too many you know he, he disappears for three games at a time yeah you know the, there's the controversy like he yelled throw me the damn ball into the yeah, camera the, the instagram yeah and, like it, there's too much yeah i'm sure he's a good guy i'm just like you know yeah it's, i don't think he's a bad guy no not at all yeah his time is done and yeah i i just think you know you knew that week eight you know maybe even earlier than that whenever whenever he got whenever he got benched for the one game that yeah that was when we were kind of like okay but then then there's also you know shepherd discipline shepherd used to catch a pass and then disappear for two quarters now Shepard disappears for three games mm-hmm. um Slayton's okay Slayton didn't have the strongest year he disappears I, yeah, I, too. I like Slayton but I, I think he's like a he, he would be like a good number two like kind of the same thing I'm saying about Mims like if you have a good number one Slayton is a good number two to have you know like I, I think he's he's good in that role but he's not you know and I think this year kind of coming in we were both wondering a little bit like can Slayton be that number one guy and he yeah. didn't didn't really yeah. show it. Um, I mean, obviously, he's going into year three, so he's still got time. But, yeah, no, yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think you want to do that again, where you go into another season going. Maybe Slayton can be the number one because I think you you got to just yeah you got to go get another weapon. Yeah, they need to get that's like they're all like number twos. Like they're Slayton Shepard, they're number twos, which is fine. 
but when you don't have a number one, it's not fine. You know, yeah. it's that's Which, why. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry, I keep cutting you off, but. Um, <laughs> I, I said with the Jets, I don't want them to take like Smith or Chase, like number two. I don't want that. But there are a lot of good wider series in this. Giants at what they're at eleven. Yeah, picking. number eleven. And I think, I think that would be a nice a nice area for them if they if there's a good wide receiver on the board. Like say say Ch- if Chase or Smith falls, I think that's a no brainer. Giants got to take yeah. one of them. But mm. there are a lot of you know. I mean, they're Waddle. Then you know, there's a few there's a few it's- other guys out there who would definitely, uh, I think, fit the Giants. And I think the Giants are more equipped to grab a guy like that and make him their number one receiver rather than the Jets reaching at number two or mm-hmm. grabbing a guy at, you know, 23 with the uh, – or 24 with the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, I think it's – I think the, the, the Giants are, are in a better position to get their number one receiver in the draft. I think if the Jets, in my opinion, if the Jets are smart – they don't have that number two pick because I think if there's a team that has the capital to get Watson at the price that Houston is going to request, it's going to be the jets because, you know, as you said, it's four first rounders. Now it could be five in the next two years. So it's, I don't think the jets are going to have that pick. I think Houston's going to end up having that pick. So, so. Con- so congratulations to all the jets listeners. I think you're going to get to Sean Watson and yeah, then- you're going to jinx us now. And <laughs> that that worked too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You'd be happy about but that. oh yeah, um, yeah. I think I I want Smith to go to the Giants. I don't. I'm not confident he's going to be there at number eleven. Um, if I think I'm gonna, I know this isn't a receiver, but they they still need a tight end as well. I'm swaying more towards Pitts. I love I love Kyle. If Pitts. I, yeah, I, I know you're a Florida guy, so I it's uh. If he's there at number eleven, I think you got to take him. I mean, he, you could use him in the one. slot. Yeah. You know, he's not like I don't think he, he's as fast as Evan Engram, but like, unless maybe I don't know. I have to, I would have to see. Probably, that. I don't think so. I think Pitts is a little more of like athletic. a traditional, traditional tight end. Um, he's better blocker. Yeah. I think better red zone target because mm-hmm. Pitts. I mean, uh, and it's tough to translate college to pros, but like. Anytime Florida got in the red zone, Trask was like, I'm just looking directly at Pitts every time. Like yeah. that was his, that was, that was his like safety blanket kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where, and they had a ton of good wide receivers on that team too. I mean, I think Kadaris, Tony, I'm not sure where he's going to go, but he's the guy I think could be a steal for some team. Cause I mean, he's not quite like as fast as Tyree kill. Cause who is, but he's that same like shorter, you know, yeah first receiver you get him the ball in space and you know he could he could take the top oh lord yeah no i just i i love pits man i mean i think they need evan engram's not may not be on the team either i mean i think they the the deed is done but he's a pro bowler right (laughs) pro bowlers are the worst pro bowl selection of all time like how and not leonard williams yeah and not leonard williams the guy who played very deserving of the pro bowl evan engram was not one of them there were i people were asking me you know, I think one of my friends asked me, he goes like, who do you think from the, uh, the Giants could make the Pro Bowl? This was like maybe like a couple weeks before the Pro Bowlers were announced. And I said, they, have, they could have five on the defensive side of the ball. I said, Bradbury, Martinez, Leonard Williams, Peppers, and Logan Ryan was leading the fan vote at one point. Mm-hmm. I think when the first results came out. Oh, and Graham Gano, the kicker. And none of them made it except for Bradbury. And then I saw Evan Engram, I was like, this is why this is – and no disrespect to Evan Engram. But this is why this is the worst all-star game 
in all yeah. of professional sports. There's nothing good they can do to it. Like, you know, every other sport has like a whole weekend around it. People care. It's in the middle of the season. All-star weekend's always a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the NHL, they have this, I've never really watched the NHL, but the skills competitions and then the, the home run derby and it's, you know, they can do, they've tried everything. They went from like, you know, they had a, a Deion Sanders team versus Michael Irving team. Yeah, Remember that where they had the captains? I think it was them too. Mm -hmm. um, and they just cannot do anything to improve it. Like, and, and I think Evan Engram's selection basically proved that, like, it's a joke. And it's, the, it's a joke. this year, I mean, them not having it, to me, that was an improvement. But uh, the uh, – You're not wrong, like, dude. Usually – and this year we didn't get it. You know, usually you get – you know, Brady and Mahomes would have been in the Pro Bowl. So right. right off the bat, you get two quarterbacks who weren't there. Then you get another quarterback who, was, who made the Pro Bowl, but he's injured, so he doesn't go. Then you have another guy who, you know, like just doesn't feel like going maybe and just says like, you know, not up to it. So then like you end up with like guys in the Pro Bowl, like quarterbacks who were like the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. Like Trubisky made it two years ago. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. You get like Trubisky one year. You get Tyrod Taylor. Like you get just random, random guys in there. And Dude, then Olivier you, Vernon made it two years ago and then the Giants traded him like two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, it's like you get you get these guys who, you know, and it's, I, you could you could you could say the same thing for the NBA All Star Game too. Like you know, that's just one of those things. Like guys make the All Star Game, guys make the Pro Bowl, and it's like, you know, it's not quite. You know, you, you look at it and you got to take it with a grain of salt because obviously it matters. It's a good accolade for guys. Like props to them for making it. But you know, I, I put obviously way more stock into like All Pro, All NBA. Like yeah. those 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 uh, accolades more because. The All-Star game, even, yeah, NBA, you, so you see, like, years when Kobe was washed and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Kobe anymore. Mm -hmm. He was still making, you know, he was, the, he was starting every year because people just love him. It's like, yeah, you got to take these it's, games with a grain of salt. It's, yeah, it's a popularity con. I saw, I saw one year, like, I, I just off the top of my head, I saw one year where Ray Lewis missed, like, four games, five games, and he still made it. Yeah. Like, that one year I was sent when I said Olivier Vernon made it two years ago, pretty sure he missed five games that season. Like, yeah. it's... It's, it's always, I thought, and for, I can't believe they once had it, like, after. Remember they had it after the Super Bowl? Like, the week after? Vaguely. I vaguely remember they, that. They, like, it I was only. Pro Bowl, so like. Well, it was, I never really did either, but it was, like, it, 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 was, it wasn't the week before, like, mm -hmm. the week in between the conference games and the Super Bowl until, like, I think 2009, maybe. They switched it up for some reason. Okay, and, yeah, that sounds familiar now. But they, but the problem is, it's like it's not in Hawaii anymore. It's in like it's in Orlando. Orlando sometimes Orlando's like, nice, but if you're gonna have like these guys go on a trip, and it used to be so dumb when they had it after. It's it's still dumb, obviously, but they used to have it like the week after the Super Bowl. Whoever you know, guys who were in the Pro Bowl who won the Super Bowl, they would have to miss out on their like team's parade to go to the Pro Bowl. Like I remember in 07, OC Umanura was the only giant to make the Pro Bowl. He missed out on the parade to go learn like another coach's offense for a week. Did he? Did he actually? He he skipped the parade for the Pro Bowl. I don't think he was there, from as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like yeah. eleven. Yeah, but I don't, like I don't remember that far back. Yeah, I was yeah, like I was, 10, I was a little I think. older than you, but not much. But yeah, I, I, yeah it, it's it, regardless. It was like fourteen years ago, thirteen years yeah. ago. But yeah, it, it was always the fact that it was the, the week after the Super Bowl. I always thought was like, you know, this is so pointless who's watching this 
Nobody. And nobody's it, – it wasn't even like – I think it was Madden this year. Like, I think they did a Madden game. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I think they just played on Madden, which – You know what? Don't even ever have it again, to be honest. Yeah. You know, they're, they're banking on, like, the 10 people that watch for the ratings. You know, at least get some advertisement money out of it. Yeah, um, essentially. But, yeah, I, I think um, I think Jets have a good shot. Better than the Giants and um, – to get Watson, I mean. Better than the, the Giants do with this whole uh, – Dan Orlovsky. Uh, Orlovsky. Hypothetical. For anytime I see Orlovsky, my mind immediately goes to him running out the back of the end zone. Yeah, that's um, I, I mean, I'm not for him, but that's the that's that's the moment he'll always be known yeah, for. It's a good analyst. I mean, like yeah, I, I, I like him. I, like I, him. I agree with everything he says, but I don't I don't think he's bad. I, I just, like him. When that happens to you, my mind immediately goes to that. But I think um it, it was I think he was saying Barkley, Jones, three first rounders for uh Watson and I think if you do that you're you put yourself in a tight window to win a title or you're you're it's a failure it's like the it's a different sport but it's like the Nets right now like the Nets made all these moves to get the three guys and now they have an 18th month window to win a title or it's a complete failure I think with with Orlovsky's proposal for Watson I think in a vacuum that's I would do that like if I was the Giants in a vacuum like I think that's fair trade but like Mm. you said you're leaving yourself with no first rounders left, no way to, you know, I mean, unless you package a bunch of like late picks and a player or something like that, no way to get back into the first round. Um, which is why, you know, I just, I think the jets have such a good chance of getting them because they can give up a ton of first round draft capital and still have like a ton of stuff to use in the draft the next couple of years. So I think just the fact that they have so much to give up and they're not going to really be hurting themselves that much. I think that, definitely definitely gives the Jets the upper hand yeah on pretty much any other team unless some team is willing to really you know go balls to the wall with with their draft picks that's it, that's it you know it comes down to where these picks are and if the Giants were to give up that for Watson they don't have a first round pick each of the next three years unless mm-hmm. they trade somebody you know to get a first I don't, I don't know who they they don't have anybody worth a first rounder right now I mean maybe, Leonard Williams maybe yeah I, I would I would say yeah, there, there's, there there's a, a chance sure they could they could they could flip for a first package for like yeah a first rounder type yeah thing, yeah I don't think anybody's yeah, straight it, up it becomes difficult to yeah like you package Leonard Williams in a third round pick or, you know, something like that. You never right. know, but, but it would, yeah, to add first round picks, it would become difficult for the Giants and, you know, Watson's cap hit is huge. I think he's worth it. Uh, but again, if you don't have those draft picks, you're going to have to start adding people in yeah. free agency. That's when things get pricey. It, you get kind of boxed into a corner. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think the Giants are, I don't know. Uh, you know that I'm kind of like in the middle on on uh, Daniel Jones. I'm not like completely sold on him, but I'm not out on him by any stretch. But I just I, I think they they think the Giants are going to give him another year and just kind of yeah. see what it is before uh, before making a drastic move like that. Yeah, I'm very much in the middle on Jones. I mean, I, I don't like. It could be worse. Could be very much be better though. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those to be. Yeah, but I. That's another thing. The cap hits. Watson's cap hits are like I think it's fifteen million dollars next year, but then the following year it's forty two, and I think forty four the year after that. So you take on that contract, you could basically shut the door on re-signing Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson gone, mm-hmm. uh, Peppers next year gone. Um, you know, 
at some point, I'm not sure when he could get, I don't know when he, so he's got two years left on his deal. I'm not sure when he would be eligible for an, I guess at any point uh, is Bradbury. Um, You know, he's going to, if he's still playing at the level he's playing right now and he's only getting paid 15 million a year, uh, he's going to want more. So that's going to be another thing. It, 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 it would screw you over in more ways than one. You get Watson. That's, you know, the major upside to it. Mm-hmm. But I think you basically close the door on bringing back a lot of people. You give up your best offensive playmaker and three straight draft three, three straight first round picks. Um, and as I said before, you basically put yourself in a position where you're, you're going to need to win a Super Bowl. You can't give up all that for Watson and say, oh, our goal is to make the playoffs or our goal is to make the NFC title and that you have to win. It's the same thing with the Brooklyn Nets right now. Yeah. Like they cannot make the goal. Like, you know, they make all the, these moves for Harden. They sign Kyrie KD. They cannot make the goal to go deep into the East play in, into the East playoffs or make the East finals. They got to win a title. Yeah. They can't, they can't just make the finals either. They have to win them. That's that you, you, you screw yourself over. Certain, so. certain moves you make like that. You're, you're essentially like you're, you're, Raising the expectations, like same thing, kind of going back to making another basketball analogy. But when the Raptors traded for Kawhi, it's like you could lose him after a year. What do you, you know? Why are you trading all this for Kawhi when you know right. you might not even have him past this year? And it's like, well, if you win a title and you know with the one year you have him, then it's worth it. And you know, lo and behold, it, it worked out. Um, but it's that same kind of. I mean, you obviously the Jets or Giants, if they got Watson, they'd have a longer window than one year, but still um, you're essentially saying like, you're going all in and saying, we're, we're going to try and win a Super Bowl around this guy. Like this guy's our centerpiece. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it would be tough. I I, I just, it's not something that I would do if I'm the Giants. It's something I would do if I'm the Jets because you know, it's, they have the capital, as I said, makes sense. But, um, you know, and it's it's also a very different situation when you're coming off your third year, your third unsuccessful year with a quarterback, like the mm-hmm. Jets are, versus your second year. Yeah, I think Giants still have a little bit of leeway with Jones. It's still it, Jones. Jones has been in a tough situation too with the injuries, um, the coaching staff change. You know, Pat Shermer and Jason Garrett aren't exactly you know Sean McVay as far as play callers are concerned. Um, you know, or Andy Reid or, or anyone like that. Yeah, they're no Adam Gase. <laughs> they're close to Adam Gase and they are. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 hey, Gase is an offensive genius, all right? Offensive He's, genius. Brilliant hey, mind. Brilliant. Hey, Peyton Manning would have not had, you know, had, would have not put up – Broncos would have not put up 40 points a game that year if it was not for Adam no West. Um, but then, like, you know, Jones had the bad offensive line last year and parts of this year. Defense last year, talking 2019 – wasn't great, so it didn't take much pressure mm-hmm. off of him. And he's had one game in two years where Saquon, Sterling, Shepard, Slayton, Tate, and Engram mm-hmm. all entered healthy. And Saquon tore his ACL second quarter of that game, the Bears this year. So it's like, you know, I, I, you got to give Jones some time. Yeah, I understand this is, uh, you know, New, New York, New Jersey is the impatience capital of America. Yeah. And we want our teams to win now. We never we hate the word rebuild because we want it, you know, fucking now. But like, you know, give Jones another year. Maybe if he makes some progress and you give him a fourth year, you know, maybe exercise that fifth-year option on him uh, after next year, you know, forego signing him to a long-term deal. But, I, yeah, I, Giants got to stick with Jones. It's it, I, 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 There's no question, and there shouldn't there, be a question. 
I understand not in a position to make that huge move yet. No, no I, yet. I understand like you put them in the conversation because they do have some pieces they could trade for Watson, but it's you know, no, not right now. You get we Giants have some time to yeah, figure Jones out. Um, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, no, Appreciate thanks it. for having me. Yeah. Always, always happy to talk some uh, Super Bowl. Plus, uh, obviously, we've gotten into some Jets and Giants stuff there too, which yeah. is always good. Yeah, I told you we could just talk for hours about this, whatever. Oh, shit. yeah, yeah. That, um, the off season is almost the mo- more fun time to talk about football. Yeah, it's usually you know? when I'm up here freaking out about like how much the Giants need to pay for this person and that person. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going and nuts. I guess the last the last couple of years. The regular seasons, you know, it hasn't been too fun for Jets and Giants fans. So I don't even show up. Think anymore. about the future and think about Watson trades and all this stuff. When, so, it, yeah. when you talk about having to separate yourself from a fan and as a writer, mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I've been able to do that so well because I don't even get emo- like I don't even show emotion anymore. With the, I've seen it all. Yeah. I've seen blowouts. I've seen the opposite. I've you know I've seen them come back. And when in the fourth quarter, I, I've seen it all with the Giants, so I don't have any emotion. So the 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 off season is definitely seemingly a more fun time. Yeah. For me, not more fun, but it's it's just you know it, there's different elements to it that I love. But um, but thank you for coming on, man. And if you uh, if any listeners have uh, made it this far, thank you for tuning in to episode sixty six of the Wide Right Podcast. Uh, your Twitter is what DW Small Eight. DW Small Eight. All right, DW Small Eight on Twitter. Go follow him, Danny Small, writer and editor for Elite Sports New York. My Twitter, as always, is Ryan Honey ES at Ryan Honey ESNY. Uh, listen and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, talk to you guys soon.